previously on Box Cutters. The, the Cherry Lake Market, first Sunday of every month uh, in Laverton, is an excellent market. I went to it yesterday. <laughs> thanks, thanks for handing me that shovel. To well, now you. you've just made it sound hotter. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Box Cutters, episode 327. Put one knee on the ground. Point at the crowd. My name is Josh Canal. To my left, Glenn Peters. Hello. To my right, Brett Cropley. Good evening, viewers. Coming up later on in this episode of Box Cutters, we are going to look back at a whole bunch of TV shows that we reviewed over the past couple of years and mm-hmm. see if we've kept up with them and what we think of them today. Yeah, and we're not going to talk about Jumping the Shark or anything at all because they're all excellent. Or not. Or not. But sometimes they might not even have sharks in them. Correct. So how could they even? I don't understand that reference at all. No. Nah. What? It's 1997. Uh, we've, uh, we've got a segment that uh, we've cleverly titled Suck Shit HBO Europe's Where It's At. That'll be coming up later on in the show. We've got one thing. We have pork with Brenna Courtney Glazebrook's cherry on top. See, it sounds dirty when I say it that way. It's not dirty at all. Okay. It's just dirty in my mind. It's just dirty in your okay, mind. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Uh, all of that's coming up later on in, uh, in, in this episode of Box Cutters. What I uh, have only just realised, Brett Cropley. Right. So you're aware that uh, this show now comes out every Thursday morning. Now I am. <laughs> yes, go on. Uh, at, uh, and, and I've been scheduling it to come out Thursday morning, 6am, mm-hmm. Melbourne time. Mm-hmm. That's when the Post publishes? Yes. What I've failed to realise up until now... Melbourne summertime. ...is that the server time is set to uh, UTC plus 10, not UTC plus 11. So last Thursday morning, I was awake at 6 o'clock, hitting refresh, hitting refresh, not actually near a computer to be able to check, just checking, why hasn't it loaded, why hasn't it loaded, stressing out, and then discovered... That no, it just wasn't going to publish until seven. Sometimes it's the simple things. So uh, basically, what what I want to know is, does anybody care if it's six o'clock or if it's seven o'clock? I'm trying to get it to to like a standard standard time. I I'd hope Fred, our friend Fred cares. I I hope Fred cares as well. I, I, but has Fred noticed? Like, is Fred waking up at six o'clock? You know, the, the people it's really affecting, I think, are our New Zealand listeners. Because they're awake and, uh, and and expecting it to to hit them at about nine o'clock in the morning. Mm-hmm. As always, though, we're going to kick things <laughs> off with the box cutters news. Senator Conroy's office has uh, has released a, a media release last week uh, that said that the government will, in the coming year, uh, introduce a multi-channel Australian content requirement for each commercial television broadcaster of 730 hours in 2013, uh, increasing to 1,095 hours in 2014. 1460 hours in 2015. This includes an incentive for first release drama by allowing an hour of first release drama for blah, 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 and retain the current 55% transmission quota for commercial television broadcasters' primary channels, but introduce greater flexibility into the current arrangements for sub quotas. So, what all of that means is they are going to introduce multi channel Australian content, which has not been uh, which has not actually been a, a requirement. On your 11, your mate, your gem, you go. Correct. Yep. So they've not, they've not had this before. And now, uh, and now they're going to be forced to have uh, 730 hours 
in 2013. You reckon the uh, networks are maybe going to uh, manufacture a crisis that will mean that they won't be able to, say, afford to uh, to produce all that local content? Look, I I, I don't I, I don't want to say what uh, what might happen, Brett. What I may be happening. I. I, I I don't want to say what might happen. All I can say is, uh, for sure, is that uh, Channel 9 and the Nine Network are a, a little bit in trouble. Are they? Yeah. Really? Yeah. So, uh, this, so is, they- this is uh, one week, two weeks after Channel 10 uh, was suggested maybe they should just show the logo because that's the only way they can get back to profitability. Yeah, and, uh, and and probably about four weeks after Channel 9 uh, or the 9 Network said, ah, we're all right. Everything's fine at We've, Channel 9. An article that was in the uh, the Age... On Monday. On Monday. So, so what's the, what, what is actually going on there? It's, it's a bit strange, but I think it goes back at the very, very start when Kerry Packer sold Channel 9 to uh, a... Who who was it he sold it to? Oh, it's James James Packer sold it. Sorry, James Packer. I get to them CVC. all to CVC, um, and and CVC had all these debts or something or rather, and sold the debts off, um, and these people want their money back. Right, right. So, so there were crisis talks about a month ago, and the uh, the the debtees, the uh, the. What's what's the spread? Creditors. The creditors um, said, "Okay, we'll we'll actually take ownership of of stuff and and forgive that debt. We'll forgive it for for the time being. Now they want a little bit of money. Mm-hmm. So so uh, in uh, this is Colin Kruger's article in the Age uh, last Monday." Uh, he says fresh loans of up to seven hundred million dollars will be raised, most of which will be paid out to the lenders. Yes. So, so they're raising, so, so they're raising heaps of money just to make sure Steve gets his money back. Correct. Because if they can't pay Steve, Steve his money back, then they are. What's that phrase? Tra- trading about kneecaps. Yeah, it's complicated for for Nine Entertainment. They are in a lot of trouble. And also, they owe so much money that there there could be some doubt whether they could actually pay up their rugby league. Money they they bought the rights uh, a few months ago for uh, quite a big sum, and there's there's a possibility they won't be able to pay that up. Possibility, right? That's uh, but still they want the footy. They still want the well. The thing is, you need something like the footy just to keep going. You need to buy shows. You need to buy things. But when you're just giving money to Steve in Singapore, Singapore Steve. I hope Steve's from Singapore. <laughs> um, you, you are pushing shit uphill, and they're going to be pu- pushing shit uphill for several years to come. The, there, is, there is so much trouble over at Nine that it, it actually makes me think buying into 10 at the moment would be a really good idea. It's not a bad idea. Would be it would be a really good idea. But will there be a how's that drama over this? How the Packers fucked nine. <laughs> uh, I don't think they're going to have any money to make that. <laughs> there won't be any money to go around. But that's it's it is quite funny how we've got a lot of shows coming out celebrating the Packer dynasty, and meanwhile. The thing that made them the household name, Channel Nine, is still the one. Um, owes an absolute truckload of money and may not ever get back. But and that wasn't the Packers' call to to take four billion dollars in debt to to buy the network. I I don't I don't recall any time when when Jamie Packer was saying, "All right, Channel Nine's up for sale. Uh, I won't take a cent under four billion. Oh, oh, let's let's. Like, I'm, I'm pretty sure that CVC came in with the offer. Having having uh, ascertained they could actually get that much I think, debt. I think Glenn, Glenn's point, though, is, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong here, Glenn, but Channel 9 uh, and, and 9 Entertainment as, as a whole has been promoting its history as, uh, as being a really important part of n- not just Australian television, but Australia with things like How's That? Mm-hmm. And, uh, and trying to reinforce its brand... Uh, based on what its brand was, not what its brand is now, 
and uh, and hoping that people wouldn't do the comparison or, or notice the notice the difference. Or is it just that people don't have a, have ideas and so they're just making biopics about? Anything oh like that. God, no! It's well, about the Packers. The Packers are still. It's it's legacy. It's ego. It's winning. It's it's nothing but the to do aren't with common this. sense. Sammy Packers speaking not of, driving it because he's not. He doesn't. He doesn't have an involvement in John anymore. Speaking of having or not having ideas, Brad. Yes. Uh, the ABC this week said uh, that they have a whole bunch of new shows coming next year, including mm-hmm. Glenn. Spicks and Specs. I cannot wait. I like Spits and Spicks and Specs. I I like it. I don't think having a new team on Spicks and Specs, new host, new captains. I don't think that that is going to make it any any better. Josh, you may not have been able to watch, but there were there were one point two million fairly regularly that would were doing so every Wednesday. Mm. I'm not saying that that's. Uh, I, I'm not saying that they're wrong in any way. I'm mm. saying I I couldn't watch it. I didn't. I didn't keep watching it. Uh, the show ended. Why can't they just have let it end? I I, th- I think this is is actually a really interesting instance of ABC programming saying, "Oh, we fucked up," and and you know you've had a, a year or whatever it is off. From Spicks and Specs, but obviously this is what you want. Randling's not going to freaking cut, cut it. Um, we we tried that for thirty six weeks, and you hate us now. Yeah, um, but Randling, please come back to us. Randling was really terribly managed. Is is coming up with a, the same show, uh, but just a different team behind it. The the answer, or is that looking backwards when they should be looking forwards? Well. Uh, of the obvious parallel would be how never mind the buzzcocks was handled because they're you know they're they're a very similar show and they very similar very similar show <laughs> uh but they they struggled so they what they tried was same team captains and a different host every week uh-huh um but the thing is that they had talent so much talent for this different host every week you know um, all sorts of comedians would do it. Um, even actors like Jack Whitehall from Fresh Meat. His couple of episodes are incredible. So there was talent. You could keep going on with that. But it never really worked. Right. It was never so, like Mark Lamar. Mark Lamar was great. He had, he had such great musical knowledge himself. Uh, the the next host, the guy who came out here and did a really bad comedy um, show but did a wonderful sitcom... Um, was excellent for several years, and I think better than Mark Lamar. But the the shows are different; they're, they're they're very very different. I just I just don't think this is the way to move forward for the ABC. I don't think so either. Look, if you can keep Miff and Allen on and just a different host like Will Will Anderson, because everyone thinks he hosts it anyway. <laughs> that was Will Anderson's joke, and it's probably true. Yeah. You could probably get through, but, oh, look, I don't know. People like the personalities. The format works. The format of Hey, Hate Saturday worked for a long, long time. But I don't think, uh, I, I don't think Miff and Alan want to do it anymore. They probably think... don't. I've never actually bothered to ask. And all uh, the articles are saying it's going to be a new team, aren't they? Yeah, all the articles are saying new, new team. Yeah. I've I've not asked either. No, uh, I just I, I've just assumed. I don't want to ask. Actually, no. I could do it. I, I was tempted, but I didn't. But I'd like to do the job. Anybody listening out there, I'd like to be team captain on the Allen side because I I kind of look a little bit like him, and I I'm not from New Zealand, but I'm really witty and funny. And I know a shitload about music. So, everybody, anyone listening, this is my audition. Hi. I'm the team captain tonight. (laughs) Guys, everyone loves me. (laughs) I'd like to do it. You've got the job. I've got jokes. Several. Brett, uh, Peter Meekin left Channel 7. He's He's left 7 News. 
Uh, yes, he uh, he has been replaced as the uh, director of news and public affairs uh, at Channel Seven, but will be sticking around in a senior advisory role. Uh, a guy called Rob Rashke has uh, been grabbed to take over the role um, in the news department, and Neil Mooney taking over as uh, what what we used to call current affairs shows. Right. Now, now, apparently, public affairs. It seems that Channel 7 feel like they're in a bit of trouble with their news and current affairs, and uh, that may, may be the reason why Meekin's uh, stepping away from the helm. Uh, and uh, and lastly, I think I think it'd be remiss of us not to mention the uh, two and a half men controversy. It's still a show! <laughs> hey, you like that? Yeah, it's good. You like that? That's but the good. half man says it's filth, and no, says nobody and then, watch but it. then he apologised for it. He still, he still says, thinks that you know what the you know what all this the, comes down to. It's it's is that Christian M- thing. Matthew Perry is what it all comes down to is that Matthew Perry has made a very funny, funny or die uh, video oh, really? that, that parodies it. Uh, so that's uh, so. Is that the one he was talking about that was filth, not his show? No, no, the kid from Two and a Half Men thinks that Two and a Half Men is filth. Right. Uh, is this all a bullshit story? And, you know, just because people stopped thinking about Two and a Half Men and it hasn't been in news for several minutes that you, you manufacture some sort of new controversy, whatever, I'm bored of it. Yeah. I, ugh, I just, it's just awful. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't want to talk about it anymore. I want to be banned. I th- Again, if they want a fresh-faced kid for Two and a Half Men, I'm available. Um, I'm <laughs> funny, you... I'm charming, and, you know, I could probably say something with innuendo and stuff, and, and come on. Do you want to do your audition? Do your audition. Hi, I'm a kid in Two and a Half Men. <laughs> oh, you guys. I don't know. I've never seen it. And that is the Box Cutters News. They're the box cutters. Apparently, no article, although they are the genuine article. Hmm. My name's Frank Woodley, and I listened to them today. So, over the last few years, we've reviewed a whole bunch of shows, and then at the end of them, uh, we, we've said whether or not we've liked them, and then Brett has said that he would still watch them. So, we thought that we would <laughs> no. uh, we, we'd just throw a segment onto Brett and see whether or not he was still watching them in a segment we like to call... Is Brett still watching? Yada da 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 da. Yada da 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 da. All right. It's not, it's, it's not actually called Is Brett Still Watching? It is What Do We Think of Them Now? Pretty, pretty much. Are we still watching them? You don't want did, to go through first hold up? up with the yes no? All right, but let's let's start from uh, let's start from the back and uh, yep. and and move out. So this is in uh, in chronological order. These are the shows that we will be talking about. Starting at episode 212. Archer, uh, vaguely stockpiled. I didn't. I didn't make it through the first season. It's a, you, it was your idea to have yes or no. Sorry, you said uh, yes. You no, said yes. No, 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 no. How to make it in America? Yes. Rake. Uh, no. Walking Dead. No stockpiled. Bob's Burgers. No stockpiled. Game of Thrones. Yes. Almighty Johnsons. Yes, although I'm weirded out by. The guy's dodgy arm. Are, are you not thinking of? You, you, you're not thinking of. No, you think of radar. Think of radar. No, radar O'Reilly. He tries to hide it. Puts it in his pocket. Are you thinking of Michael J. Fox? <laughs> Happy endings. Uh, no. Wilfred. U.S. Yeah, yes. 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 Franklin and Orbash. Yes, love it. Suits. Yes, love it. Fresh meat. Yes, love it. American Horror Story. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, if anyone was keeping tally there, they would know that that is 87% yes, Brett Cropley. <laughs> I think so, it's about half and half. Stock, Brett Cropley, if, we're not, if we're not counting stockpiles. I, I mean, I'm sure David Boxcutter or Fred will uh, correct me on this, but I believe it was uh, just doing the maths in my head, just doing the beautiful mind Rain Man thing. It's 87%, uh, including stockpiles. Including stockpiles, because uh, we know you'll get to the stockpiles eventually. He always does. He always does. So, uh, going back for ourselves from from the very uh, start, back uh, episode two hundred and twelve, Archer. Yes, and for you, Josh, I uh, Archer just gets better and better. 
uh, th- there was a, an entire season of Archer where he was the king of the pirates. Yes, that's a good one. And that was that that was just extraordinary. So three series of of Archer, uh, three excellent series, just getting better and better for mine. It is getting better, and I, I sort of get a bit uncomfortable when they try and plot it out. I just like it when he just wants to go and solve a crime to find out stuff. Yeah, yeah. And oh. I like it when he's being cheeky. And when he's just palling around with Burt Reynolds. Yeah, the Burt Reynolds episode. Whoa. That was spectacular. Um, I, I've loved it all the way through. Yeah, me too. It's just... And, and it's... Uh, I, I believe it is coming back to US screens January 13, January 17. Correct. Like Correct. And it's a great show that... You know that time, it's about 10 o'clock at night and you're not quite ready to go to bed and you you turn on the eye views and you go, what... You press comedy and, oh, wow, there's Archer episodes on iView. They're That's always so there. Good. And they're really current and they're great. So, yeah, do yourself a favour, kids. Can, so you, can you dip in at any point? Or is yes. There a, yep. you, you, can, you can dip in at, at any point, but you might miss some jokes. You might miss some... Uh, they do have running gags mm-hmm. over a whole lot of episodes, but it really doesn't matter. It's it's that good a show that it doesn't need a series. Let's go through a whole series this afternoon. You don't need to do that. It's good. Although you know, try to stop is is the other thing. Try to stop. Just oh, just one more. Just one oh, more. Just one more. Rake. Glenn, are you? I was never on Rake. So I've I, I, I watched all of uh, all of season one of Rake, and I've watched almost all of season two, but. My IQ stuffed up, and I, I, I missed the last two episodes. Mm-hmm. So now I'm kind of torn. Do it's I buy the DVDs? No, it's not still on iView. Do I buy the DVDs just to watch the last two episodes? Because the second series was pretty good. I, I, th- I thought the second series was pretty Surely good. Surely it's coming up on ABC too soon. Oh, who knows what they do with ABC the, too. The friends I've spoken to who watch it are very big fans of the second series, and... I think much, it's much better than the first. Yeah, I, I think that's been the general consensus. So again, go back to Rake, uh, Walking Dead. Uh, you, you've you didn't s- enjoy it when no. we reviewed it, and you've you've kept watching it. Bro. I watched the first season; no, it, it stockpiled, um, right. so I haven't done two or three. And and in fact, the advent of the Talking Dead kind of makes that a bit more interesting as well, which is Chris Hardwick talking about the episode that they've just watched. Oh, right. Right. Chris Hardwick in a, in a panel. Right. Yep. Uh, Bob's Burgers, again, a, 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 just a, a show that just gets better and better uh, as a uh, as an animated series. Uh, Glenn, you haven't watched any of it. I haven't it, watched it. You really need to. All right. I'll be watching that. You really, really need to. Uh, Game of Thrones. Brett, how's second series compared to first series? Uh, no absolute jaw-dropping moment as uh, in the first series, but I... I it might be a bit stunty if they tried to to do it a second time. Um, also, I got into uh, a podcast which likewise discussed uh, the episodes called Cast of Thrones, um, which was uh, which is presented by people that have read the books um, and and know the story that so bits that haven't been le- left in there and and extra bits that have been put in there. It's coming back in March, and I can't wait. That sounds terrible. Imagine being, <laughs> imagine being a writer of like Game of Thrones, and then all of a sudden there's a podcast telling you exactly where you've gone wrong. Well, no, no, it's not where you've gone wrong, but but for time they haven't been able to include everything that's in the books okay, into the TV series. I've got to get this off my chest. Um, everybody, go out and buy. Is it called More in, More Adventures of the Screen Trade by William Goldman? Uh, for, further adventures further, in the screen, I think, uh, yeah, yeah. Go yeah. out and buy that, everybody who complains something's not in the book. Because, you know, an adaption is where you have to work out what goes in and what goes out, and that means you make a new piece of art. And yeah, also, George R.R. Martin is actually working with the production of, on the TV show. Yeah, so he should be able to be doing it pretty well. Anyway, it's like, going not criticise yeah, you yeah, because that's of good. taking yeah. stuff out. Is Game of Thrones still a fantasy show about incest and, and fake politics? Uh, there's less actual incest going on, but yes, the, that family is still the baddies, the Lannisters. Just, it's pretend incest now. Yeah. Uh, okay, Josh, I can assure you, 
it hasn't got better. Okay, good. Good to know. Uh, Almighty Johnsons. I have watched the first, I think, three or four episodes of season two. Haven't oh, gotten, yep. ha- haven't gotten through it. Uh, the first two episodes of season two were not very good. Third episode, it really picked up. So uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep going. I'm quite excited to to get back it's to not it a now. Big series, is it? No, it's, I think like eleven episodes yeah. or, or something like that. Uh, happy endings. I think it just gets better and better. Uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying it. The the characters have really come together, and and now they are amazingly cartoony uh, in in a really really fun way. I, I'm just I really enjoy it. Uh, I don't even remember who was in that. It's it's weird. Like I, I like I know I know that we reviewed it, but I can't remember who was in it. Uh, Elijah Cuthbert and uh, one of the Wayans children. And a uh, bunch of other people who we hadn't really seen before, but mm-hmm. uh, it's it's a really fun sitcom. Uh, happy endings. I'll I'll say it again. Happy endings. It's easy to forget because it just kind of slips through. Tell you what, I'm going to go back to it. But don't bring it up to your masseuse. Wilfred season uh, season two of Wilfred uh, started really good, really dark, uh, and then just kind of tapered off. Went, the, the US, the US Wilfred, not really went light, but kind of stopped knowing what it was doing. I think it had too many episodes. Mm-hmm. Might might have been the the problem. Uh, Franklin and Bash is just still fun, still mindless fun. That's that that is my show for uh, if I've had a really stressful day, Glenn, and I just want to try and relax myself before before bed. Uh, I will watch... Don't look at me like I'm saying dirty things. I'm not. I'm just talking about watching a TV show that I don't have to think about but can still enjoy. That sounds great. I, yeah. Yeah. I find good. it uh, such a pity that uh, both that and Suits are summer shows in the States and there's not that many of them. Uh, so you, you still watch Suits, yeah, Brett? Yeah. Uh, I I did not. I did not continue. So second series, how how is that? I continued on. So, I mean... Things kind of bubbled away. All right, and, clearly and it's not as back. good as Series 2 of Fresh Meat. No. Series 2 of Fresh Meat is is probably one of the best things I've seen on TV all year, and it's been a really good year for TV. It's been spectacular, I have to agree. Uh, so, Suits may or may not, I don't, I don't care. I don't care, Brett, because Fresh Meat <laughs> is so good. Basically, this whole segment... This whole segment was structured around Glenn and I having a conversation the other day going, we need to talk about how good Fresh Meat Season 2 yeah. is. I, I'm, I cried in the last episode. Because it was beautiful. It was beautiful in places that you're not supposed to cry. Yeah. It's a show that I like every episode I've seen, I've had to press pause and stop and clap. <laughs> there are there are a lot of clap worthy moments, and every single character progresses in season two. That is uh, that that is one of the uh, the huge problems with a, a lot of other shows where uh, the characters either become caricatures of themselves, like like Happy Endings, which is not which has worked well for Happy Endings. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think they're very lucky in that, or or its skill, but. Uh, really was a huge problem for for weeds, for example. Uh, in season two of Fresh Meat, every single character has progressed as you would expect them to so did, throughout the entire first year of their university. So did Vod stop being such a so, so, such a painful character? Uh, yeah, none of them are painful. I think Vod became some sort of moral compass of all things. Yeah. Which was strange, but it worked. Worked a treat. Um, there's more love triangles. Like you, most shows or movies can half deal with one love triangle. This show is full of them. How yeah. do they do it? I, I don't, don't know. I don't know. And and a really good understanding of human nature, which is rare. And of you know this this whole idea that when you're 19, you do think the 26 year old is the old person. Yes. And uh, and just beautiful characters, beautifully written. Uh, and lastly, American Horror Story uh, season two is is really good. It's it's nuts, but it's really good. Yeah. Fresh Meat, by the way, Fresh Meat season two. Glenn, what do you think of that? Oh, it's one of the best things I've seen, other than Thick of It 
and and the bridge. So there you go. I love fresh meat. I just can't believe how good it was. Um, I think, Josh, you made a point last week about romantic comedy. It can be done. It can be done without cringe. It can be done spectacularly. And these guys swear it's beautifully written and written and directed by women. Yeah. Tom Elliott here from a variety of different media organisations. Listen to the box cutters on the internet or any other media you can find them. I think it's educational. I think it's fascinating. I think you might even learn something you didn't know before. Listen to the box cutters. I always do. Suck shit HBO Europe's where it's at is the name of this segment. Glenn, you've been watching a show called The Bridge. Yes, and I've been watching this show the way we used to watch the show um, on television when it's on. Really? So this this was on SBS. On SBS, it was SBS two of all places. Right. So uh, SBS two, where other languages go now? Correct. Uh, look, I tell a lie. I was watching on SBS View or whatever it's called. But yes, I've been watching the Bridge, and it blew my socks off. It's a Danish Swedish show about the bridge between the two and a crime that happens on the direct middle of the bridge, like on the line. A woman is lying on the bridge in half, one half in Sweden, the other half in Denmark. Lateral or transverse? I don't know the difference between those <laughs> cut words. Cut at the waist or yeah. cut down the middle? Cut at the waist. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, and, and so that, that, was, that was a good one. And, and you, you think that HBO is not living up to its previous standards, but Europe has taken on that. I think that so. Um, okay, so whenever I speak to friends about television... We all speak to friends about television. Um, the new Monopoly Money, imagine if Monopoly Money is real, comment about TV is, do you watch Breaking Bad? <laughs> yeah, all right. Yeah. Okay, so that's HBO, I take it? Uh, Breaking Bad is AMC. Oh, okay, whatever. What abs? There's other stuff going on overseas yeah, out of America. Things, things like Boardwalk Empire. Uh, are, uh, that's that's HBO. Yep. That's uh, Martin Scorsese produced with Steve Buscemi, uh, and uh, and very expensive. Uh, there's yeah, there's, there's girls. A, girls is uh, is HBO. Yeah, it's a spectacular show. But look, I'm finding there are shows out of Europe that are just wiping the floor at the moment. So the bridge was one. Um, it was spectacular. Um, we just in the previous. Segment spoke about fresh meat. Fresh meat. How good was series two of fresh meat? Wow, you should see fresh meat <laughs> series two. Um, so there was fresh meat. Um, there's there was season season four of the thick of it. Season four of the thick of it. Uh, the killing. Now I'm not sure people like it, but there's been offshoots from the killing, which have been spectacular. The bridge has some killing people in it. Um, uh, Spiral, the French series. Spiral, the French series. Uh, v- Wallander. Um, there are two Wallanders, and they're both and they're both good. They're both good. Um, I, I'm actually, you know, I'll be unfashionable and say I really like the Kenneth Branagh Wallander. It's uh, it's the only it's the only time I've watched Kenneth Branagh and not wanted to punch him in the face. Correct. Um, look, two weeks ago I was watching, and I, I got this idea when I was watching an episode of Wallander, where Kenneth Branagh. Now, the setup for this is he's a Swedish policeman mm-hmm. in Sweden. All the names are Swedish. Yep. It's set in Sweden, obviously. Um, it's beautiful. And all the people speaking to him are speaking in English accents. Yes. They all, they all have English accents. All have so, it. none of them are putting on Swedish accents. It's co-produced by the Swedish um, production house, the, the main whoever they they have. And I was watching an episode where they went over to Latvia for a whole episode to so- solve a crime over the long over the water in Latvia. So, we have an episode set, a Swedish cop played by an English actor, probably one of the great actors of our times, in Latvia with Latvian actors um, trying to undo the... Oh, the corruption that's happened since independence of so Russia. So, actual and Latvian actors. Latvian actors speaking in Latvian or with uh, their accents like in English. Is there 
any show in America doing that? No, and I think I think that is that that is part of part of a really interesting, possibly even economic related uh, situation at the moment, where uh, Europe is Europe is struggling and does not know. Uh, do, does not know what what's going to happen, so there is a lot of fear in Europe at the moment. Uh, and when there's a lot of fear, that seems to come out, and historically has always come out in good forms of uh, entertainment and art. I think that's an excellent point because Europe is an issue in the bridge. How two countries work together on one case. Um, Spiral was a comp. Well, France's France's government uh, and and the corruption therein is a, a huge basis in, in Spiral. Yeah, and also there was uh, quite a convincing backstory of what they're doing with Europe. Yes. So that happened too. Um, and, of course, Wallander's doing that. So they're speaking about the problems that they're facing. It, it's like we are watching history through our television. Now... We're not watching that on the American shows that we speak about. Well, the the American shows are either looking at history, things things like Boardwalk Empire, uh, or uh, or they're uh, or they kind of have have blinkers on, and and it's it's like they're uh, looking at the the building of of an empire. Things things like Breaking Breaking Bad is about uh, building an empire and the cost of building an empire, uh, but there is so little uh there, there's so little merit in 50 percent of each episode 50 <laughs> percent of, of a, a breaking bad episode is great but but it's it's like they don't know how to carry on that much uh heartache throughout the entire episode but when does the show become a cover version of itself well yeah and and that and that is that has happened now then we go on to the series four of thick of it and the thick of it has they have to change and they have to write a show for eight or nine episodes around a coalition government and how that works. Now, can you believe what a boring subject that could be? But it's a really important subject in all of politics because, hey, there are smaller parties coming through. And they do that with a plum. And what do they do towards the end of the show? The series, there is an inquiry. <laughs> there's, there's, there's an episode that is just an inquiry. It's, it's extraordinary. And, and this, this idea of uh, the coalition, uh, again, is this, this idea of, well, Europe has come together to work together and it is failing and it is failing and it is failing. And... Uh, and we see that in all of these European shows, that there was this promise of... Uh, they were promised the world, essentially, that everything was going to be wonderful once the union came into effect and they had joint currency and all of these things that were, uh, that, that were going to go on when the EU replaced the ECU. And, and have you noticed that with, with a European show that will do that... Um, they will. There, there is never a hint of a conspiracy that works. An American show, there is a conspiracy, and there's always three people who know how they're puppeteering the whole world. Yep. In the European shows, the conspiracy means everything's a shitstorm and nobody's in control. The 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 difference here uh, is that yeah, in in European shows, everybody thinks that they're on top of the conspiracy, and they're not. So, what I'm enjoying about all these shows that we speak of is that they're treating us so intelligently. And they're doing that under the hardest circumstances of of all. Um, There's a very interesting, if anybody wants to look it up, Friday Night Late, the Mark Colvin show. He interviews Amanda Ayanuki, who... He asks about making the thick of it and comparing that to how it is to make Veep on HBO. And what was quite surprising was that the thick of it, which I think artistically is a spectacular show, they have problems all along in getting things through. They, they, it's just a, 
ping pong match between Suits and them, and they're just doing things and they're doing their best. While HBO do not want any control whatsoever, he says it's it is wonderful to work with HBO because they give them complete artistic control. Why is the thick of it so much better then? Or why there was you Veep go. so poor? Well, Veep, Veep wasn't no, particularly poor, but when you compare it? it to Thick of It, it's, like, I don't it, feels, it, it as, feels a bit weak. It's a bit watered down. I don't think it was as good as In the Loop, like the movie. Uh, which I didn't rate much at all. Well, I think it's the restrictions put on you uh, do can make you better art. So you think that the, all, the, all the suit back and forth with... Uh, uh, that that is the thing that is is making uh, that 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 is making think of it better. I, I think it might. Or it, it's not that the suits have won because I hate them, but it's because they've worked out new ways of telling a story. I think it may actually be more so that they're more familiar with the UK uh, parliamentary system than they are with the US system. I don't think so. You don't? No, no. I think I think Veep. They they. Look, perhaps uh, Amando was trying to underestimate an American audience. audience. Or, or, or maybe he just wanted to make a lighter show. I think perhaps too, because he didn't have a Peter Capaldi to completely rock the socks off. And he didn't have that guy playing Glenn Man- Mannion, who is amazing. Because that's, that's the thing about Thick of It. It's the thing about a, a lot of European shows is they work on... Uh, on a couple of levels, thick of it is hilarious, but also terribly depressing. Uh, and Spiral is intriguing, but also in t- terribly depressing. Wallander is intriguing and terribly depressing. There is a terribly depressing theme running throughout European television at the moment. You know, and there's there's pieces, there's there's stories in all these shows almost about um, healthcare systems gone awry. Yep. There's homelessness going out of control. The bridge, you know, the the killer is trying to. Well, it's a kind of spoiler, but no, it's not a spoiler. The killer has has a lefty heart. So there's all these. They're trying to. Oh, the bridge has an autistic main lead character. Oh, but not once do they say the word autism. Right. So, you know, you suspect halfway through, and then I had to go and speak to a psychologist watching <laughs> and who said, yes, I think you're right. So th- these are spectacular shows. So, But is that the sort of thing that would just annoy Brett, like, uh, like the, the guy with the, uh, with the hand in... Uh, that you just, you, just, you just pick up straight away, he's got autism, why aren't they mentioning it? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe like autism is a spectrum. It's it's not a mongy arm. Well, mongy arms a spectrum. <laughs> well, believe it or not, it's quite a theme of the show. And and you know it, it, it can it, there's there's the uh, idiots and vaunt stuff that goes along with that, and and the the amount of just just black and white information that can be brought that can be ascertained by somebody with autism. Yeah, that's um, that that can, that's, can contribute to how how the uh, the plot is is. Oh, this shows this shows progressed so far ahead of that sort of thinking about it. Um, you know, she's the the autistic character has to understand what when to tell a lie and when not to tell a lie, I and has to read facial. Tics. Isn't isn't the mentalist just autistic? <laughs> no, he just no, does just... ads for the ANZ. That is just te- it's just terrible all around. Terrible all around. I am really looking forward to seeing The Bridge, but I'm, I'm also really looking forward to, to seeing what uh, w- what else comes out of Europe. I, you mentioned Girls at the start of, of this segment, Glenn. And yes. I think Girls is the only show that comes close to anything that is coming out of Europe. You know, The Girls, is, you, that's an excellent point, but The Girls um, and Fresh Meat are very similar shows. Yes, Yes, they are. Fresh Meat is funnier. Uh, Fresh Meat's a bit more cartoony. Yep. Uh, but they they are they they both accurately portray uh, what it's like to be a, a young person, yeah. and uh, and that's that is rare in in so much television. But the, everything else, everything else that I see coming out of America, I'm just disappointed with. Yeah. Everything. I, everything. Everything. <laughs> Blanket statements. Um. Thank you, Glenn. Yeah. There you go. 
Brett Cropley, if you're going to watch one thing this week, what would it be? Remembering that our show comes out on Thursday. It would be on Tuesday nights, uh, the 4th of December, <laughs> on SBS 1 at 8.30. It's uh, apparently the final going to air on SBS America in primetime. This is the Misfits uh, episode, which is actually episode three in the original PBS schedule. Um, now, if you missed it... Uh, <laughs> Uh, by because the time you're listening to this which podcast, you, you would, you would you have if you didn't see it. Go it's to SBS On Demand, which is at sbs.com.au slash on demand, and uh, they have it up there for two weeks. Uh, so at the moment, there's the last two episodes up. Great. Mm-hmm. Great. So watch that was, on the... On, on the thing. Yes. On yeah. the, on, the yeah. on demand. Yeah. Glenn. I'm going to watch the cricket on my phone. So you you've been watching the cricket on your phone. Surreptitiously at work. Yes, I have. And it works really, really well. It's like 13 bucks for the whole season, which, which includes all those stupid state games that I'm not going to watch. Yeah. Um, so, look, it's really worth it. 13 bucks, but you have to have the, the network that runs that. Is, is that Telstra? Is that Telstra? It's, no, it's Vodafone. Oh, oh because they, they sponsor the cricket. Yeah, team. they sponsor it. So I'm lucky enough to have that. And I think they've set aside Spectrum for the Vodafone to work. And here's It's a, a Spectrum. It it's is a Spectrum. spectrum. Vodafone's a Spectrum. <laughs> okay. And I've got a tip for ev- all box cutter listeners. This is really good. If you want to watch the cricket on Channel 9 and listen to the ABC commentary, buy a dab radio. Oh. The timing is exact if you listen to digital radio while listening, watching it on digital television. Digital can kind of waver a little bit because it's all no, about how long no. it takes to process the vision or sound. Yeah, and you live right next to the MCG, no. so maybe that's got something to do with it. No, I've watched it for seven or eight days, and it is right on time. So there's oh. your tip. No more of those rubbishy, rubbishy commentators that Channel 9 have who are trying to convince everybody that the umpire is wrong or talk about their past so glories. And when you say dab, that's digital audio broadcast. Correct. Yeah, digital radio. Yes. So there's Finally something tip. that it's useful for. If I was going to watch one thing uh, this week, it would be 6.30 on Saturday on 7, mate. Really? Yeah. Parking Turtle Wars. Man. A show called Parking Wars, which is about... Parking inspectors and people trying to get parking spots. So is my understanding. Trying to get spots. I read the description of this and, and just thought, wow, that they've made a show out of that. I have to see it. Box cut it. Pork, 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 pork. Hello, people of the future. I had a question. Is there yes. a third season of Fresh Mate coming up? Yes, it has been announced, but look, I'm not sure how it'll work. Hey? Yeah. Yeah, it's no 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 spoilers, but everyone's dead. So <laughs> we just we just don't know how that's gonna. But just uh, enjoy this season. That's all you need. You know what I want? What what I want to enjoy right now? I want to enjoy Cherry on Top with Brenna Courtney Glazebrook. Woo! Yeah, party! Ow! <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love how you you just bring the atmosphere with you. You bring it. I'm a walking party machine. Oh! Don't you ever second guess that? All right. Hello all. Hi, Brenna Connie Glazebrook. Hi. So I've I've come to you with a little bit more a few more nuggets of information just to just to top off this wonderful date. I've walked you you've walked me to the door and then theoretically this is a big pash. What delights can you bring <laughs> to our box cutters ears? Well, you were speaking before about needing more Australian content on the digital channels. Mm-hmm. And I was I was thinking why Why come up with something new? We're so good at reusing our old stuff. Hey, hey, it's Saturday. We brought that back. Big Brother was axed. We brought that back. Uh, so I thought, why don't we just revisit some shows that have been axed and that deserve a second chance, I feel. I can't wait. <laughs> so this is my list. This is my um, top six. Uh, I think we should bring Breakers back. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely bring Breakers back. That was a great show. It was. it was it was made really cheaply. It hired a lot of my friends. Uh and uh and, and also was 
was enjoyed at both times that it aired because it aired at four o'clock in the afternoon and eleven o'clock at night, and uh, and and people different audiences enjoyed it at different times of the day. Mm. And some one audience in particular watched both. <laughs> <laughs> really, yeah. really, really, and but- and also it had uh, it it had a uh, like an indigenous character without making any. Uh, any mention of uh, of his indigenousness? It was just or his autism. I don't think Ruben. I don't think Ruben was Go was on. autistic, but in, indigeneity is a spectrum. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> it is. Um, well, Josh, you're very passionate about Breakers. How would you feel if they brought back Paradise Beach? I would burn all televisions. <laughs> I saw. Uh, what about Mark Love Sharon? I would, I, I would, I would then, I would take the bits, the shards of glass from the burnt televisions and poke them into people's eyes so they would never have to see it ever. <laughs> that is a fair enough reaction. Um, and then the Spearman, remember the Spearman experiment? That no. Was, it was basically <gasps> yes. a bastardized yes. 20 to 1. Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes. <laughs> yeah, that one worked. I think I had a few friends that were on that. So that's, that's the only reason I'm batting for that one. E Street, bring back Tony Perrin. Gone uh, too Father soon. Bob. Gone too Father soon. Her singing career was... Reverend Bob. Reverend Bob. Uh, we- we- wheels. Every time someone said E Street for the whole time it was on, something Spring in Street. my mind would just go, Eastridgen. Oh. I don't know why. They sound similar. Yeah, yeah. As you were. Um, <laughs> it's my fa- my favourite memory from Easter. I didn't actually watch a lot of East Street when I was younger, but my all-time memory was when Tony Barron was getting married to Matt Day, I believe, and um, she's walking down the aisle, and he was he was blind for some obscure reason, I don't know. And then as they show her walking down the aisle, it starts off in blackness and then a little pinhole comes through and then oh, it grows and grows and he grows. Gets his and he gets his at the wedding. back <laughs> and then And then he turns to his bride and he says, you look beautiful. Oh. And she said, oh, thanks, but you can't really see. And he's like, no, your love has made me see again. So their love had cured his blindness. That's amazing. That is that is great writing. That is great writing. They don't write shows like they used to. And one thing I'm a big campaigner for is the Bob Morrison yes. show. I don't really like Did that. You? Did you? Yeah, the talking dog. This was a dog. Anything that has a dog in it. Like, it was. It wasn't even a talking dog. It was like, look who's talking, but with a dog. Yeah, no. Which which I believe was the plot of the third part. Yeah. Look who's talking now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look if. I just like I'm just such an animal fan that it doesn't matter like the reason why I changed from Telstra to Optus is because Optus do all their marketing with animals. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Sign me up. I just that's, that's brilliant. You are such a sucker. That's great. <laughs> I, know, I know. Um and so we were talking also about two and a half men and yep. um I read in a, in a trashy magazine today that apparently Charlie Sheen is trying to uh, date Lindsay Lohan because they're both lost causes or yada, yada, yada. That's um, bad for everybody. Bad for everybody involved. But listen, listen. I look, I have had two and a half men on as, as a background television. I think even – I think my mum actually genuinely enjoys it. And she's a smart woman, so I don't know what's happening there. But um, I – last week in particular, I, 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 I stuck up for Chevy Chase – and this week I'm going to stick up for John Cryer because I just fell in love with him when he played Ducky in Pretty in Pink. Mm-hmm. And if you watch Two and a Half Men and you think, God, this is so awful, I just want you to go on YouTube and I want you to look up when he sings Otis Redding's Try a Little Tenderless to Andy in the record store. And I dare you not to like John Cryer, not to love John Cryer after that. So... If you feel that he's been ruined because of Two and a Half Men, just always go back and watch that scene and you, he will redeem himself tenfold. Oh, that, that's that's good. That's good work. Yeah, thanks. That's because I, I – like I'd, I'd blocked out that it was actually John Cryer yeah. in Two and a Half Men. Like I've just blocked that out. It's not him. It's just some other yeah, guy. Yeah, he's this disembodied just... figure that's just, you know, in, in, in chinos and a striped shirt. But mm. it was Ducky. Ducky's oh, awesome. Yeah, Ducky's great. Yeah, um, and I just thought that um, I thought I'd do a three for three because you were listing quite a lot of uh, 
of shows that you've all watched and continue to watch. Brett, majority of <laughs> big fan of majority of them, 87% or something. 87, um, 87%. 87%. It was 10 um, out of 13. 10 out of 13. Yeah, it's blah, 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 blah. Yeah, it's um, 87. I thought I, I would – I actually hadn't seen quite a lot of them, um, but I, I will look into them now that you guys have spoken so highly about them all. Um, and But the three that I have seen and absolutely fallen in love with was um, American Horror Story, um, The Walking Dead and, and Game of Thrones. So I thought I would just do a three for three. So those are the three I've choose, chose chosen, and um, I've got three bits of information about all of those shows. Great. So starting with American Horror Story um, – that's the latest thing I've just gotten into. Um, um, you've probably mentioned this, but one of the writer is Brad Falchuk, and he's a writer. He's a creator of um, of Glee, and he also created Nip Tuck. Yes, I just think that's so amazing that how varied his writing style is. That something like just so sweet and you know saccharine and glee is just so like you know it's got all these christian elements and it's all singing or dancing show choir stuff and then you know and then the next thing he's writing a show about a woman having sex with a ghost in a gimp outfit like it's just so technically that was rape well yeah i didn't want to say ghost rape i didn't want to say that because that's really Really you, gotta, horrible. you have to you have to call it what it is. Okay. You have you have to call it what it is. It's don't right. don't put sugar on it. I tell you what, Nip Tuck got quite good. Yeah, yeah. Nip Tuck Nip Tuck was a, a a bit of a dark horse. Like it was always trash. There was a series where they'd feature a different Rufus Wainwright song every oh, every episode. That is right up right. that is right up your alley. Yeah, so up my <laughs> alley. But not just featuring the song, but the subject matter of the song inside the show, oh. like my phone's on vibrate for you, was oh, it was just amazing. Oh, that is Glenn's, so awesome. a, Glenn's a big Rufus Wayne yeah. fan. Yeah. Good, so yeah. I think he's amazing. Um, I found out that the pilot episode of American Horror Story was shot on location in a house in Country Club Park, Los Angeles, California. Um, that's the haunted house. Um, and it was designed and built in 1910 by Alfred Rosenheim who was the president of the American Institute of Architecture, and um, it was previously used as a convent, which right. ties in with, with American Horror two. Story yeah, Asylum. Uh, season, season two of American Horror Story, American Horror Story, colon, Asylum, or colon, Asylum, is most of those episodes are written by women, I, I believe. Oh, wow. So it's a, it's a largely, largely women really? writer. Really? And they're... <laughs> The things that are happening to the women in that program are horrible. Yeah, if you watched uh, if you watched last week's America in Primetime, uh, you uh, which was uh, all about the independent woman, you'll see there are a lot of strong women who really, really want to have their stories told or want to tell their stories on uh, on television, and uh, and a lot of those stories have a lot of dark bits in them. Oh dearie! At the hour, the English show is oh. written and directed by women too. Yes. Yeah. Just a final thing about the house with American Horror Story. Yeah. Um, it was actually, it's, it's a bit of a famous house in that it had made its first TV appearance on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh. Yeah. Like, it's the same high school as Beverly Hills 90210 and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's the same house in a Halloween special that was used as a, as a frat house during the episode. So I thought that was... Oh, that's, uh, that, that house also features rape. In, oh, uh, <laughs> in, the, in that that episode of Buffy. Well, thank you very much, Brenna. That's uh, that's that's extraordinary cherrying. Oh, look, that's fine. You've done you've done great cherrying. Next week, uh, next week you'll be back with uh, half of the things you may have missed. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But we're not yeah. mentioning that. What? Nothing. <laughs> that brings us to the end of Box Cutters episode three hundred and twenty-seven. I want to say thanks to everybody for doing everything. Until next week, my name is Josh Canal. I'm Glenn Richard Peters. I'm Brenna Courtney Glazebrook. I continue to be Brett Cropley. Thanks for listening to Box Cutter Sketches again next week. Same bad time, same bad channel. And hey, let's be careful out there. Box Cutters is produced by Josh Canal with Brett Cropley and John Richards and help from Courtney Hocking and Dave Lawson. 
Peter Wilson from Soup Giant is the man behind making sure you can actually download stuff. He's good that way. We'd like to thank 3RRR, the greatest radio station in the world, for letting us use their studios to record this podcast. Find them on the web at rrr.org.au or 102.7 FM if you listen to radio the old-fashioned way. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can show your appreciation by leaving a positive review on iTunes or maybe just telling some friends what they're missing out on. You can also donate actual cash money to us by using the donate button at the top of our website. Donating helps keep the show alive and makes us smile. Our website is boxcutters.net and you can find all sorts of ways to contact us there. Hey Brett, at the start of the show, were you making your voice deeper on purpose? Were you trying to... Were you really just uh, giving it a bit of... uh... Laws. It was barbecue day yesterday, and uh, so I'm still a little bit husky from that. Also, a lack of sleep has contributed to my deep milk fluids. Because it was, it was good. It was, uh, it was. I, I really think that you could, uh, that you could actually get work being a voiceover guy if you just made that voice all the time. Do you I think? Th- yeah, yeah. Try it again. Try it again right now. Okay. Hi, this is Pete Smith. You've been listening to, or have just missed, Box Cutters.